Yeah. So we'll do this. We'll do this. <laughs> you say your name first. Then you. Then me. Then, then me. You. I'll finish it off. Do we just say our name or do we say hello, this is, or anything? No, like just, say, this? just say hi. I'm Welcome to Rezcast. Welcome to our world. Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Greg. And I'm Aaron. And welcome to Rezcast. We've got a great show for you today, full of ups and downs and lefts and rights. Uh, but I want to talk first about my adventures last night. I love trivia. Anyone who knows that, knows me, knows that. Knows that I love trivia. Uh, lately, I haven't been able to do my normal trivia gig, I call it, uh, with the with my favorite team, the Second Guessers, uh, which we always get fifth place, but we always have a great time <laughs> having, getting fifth place. Thank God for that. Right? Yeah. You know, that's what it's about. So I, I've been up, I've been doing like, I'm kind of falling behind in school and my recital prep. So I've kind of like, like kind of let loose on that. But last night um, I went with my girlfriend and some of her friends who are also my friends to uh, <laughs> okay. to a local establishment in Denton to do Gilmore Girls trivia. Did and, you watch a lot of Gilmore Girls? You know, I wanted to, and she was like, you don't have to. I was like, no, I'm going to watch some Gilmore Girls. In preparation. I watched, I watched about three episodes. These episodes are an hour long. Yes. I didn't know that. They're extensive. That's not a binge-watching thing. Unless it's Game of Thrones or House of Cards, I'm not going to sit for an hour and be able to watch something. If it's if I want to binge watch, I'm watching Always Sending Philadelphia, mm-hmm. or I'm watching The Office, Parks and Rec, 30 Rock, yes. whatever is like half an hour. Friends. So anyway, so I'm trying to watch this show... And she's a huge, huge Gilmore Girls fan, and she has friends that are also Gilmore Girls fans. There was a lot of Gilmore Girls fans there last night, and it was crazy. Sounds and, like you know, I stuck out like nightmare. a sore thumb. Um, <laughs> so we're in there, and actually, like, we're going through the through the answers, and we're getting all wrong. And I'm like, you don't know as much about Gilmore Girls as you said you did. Take that, Greg's girlfriend. So we actually friends. left early. Who, actually... That are also his friends. Yes, that are that also, are also my friends. <laughs> also my friends. Okay, stop. So anyway, so it was like really specific questions, like, what did Lorelai write um, a reservation on, and who was it for? Napkin. No. Oh come on. You got any guesses? I've never seen Gilmore Girls. Okay. Notebook. It was on a gum wrapper. That's dumb. And it was for Mr. Turner. And <laughs> Mr. Turner was a character for one episode. That episode. So it's like very specific things. That seems That's really yeah. One group got it. One group got it. And they're like, yeah. Yeah, but just one. So that exactly. clearly yeah, yeah, yeah. shows you percentage-wise how Were the majority of the fair. questions like that? Yes. They were all <laughs> very specific. What did the main character's mom shirt say? In episode six, season seven. It might it's have like, asked that in the second half. Ha, I, I, I left. It. We went to the food truck festival, which was also yesterday. Oh, I, I wanted, it. I was so but sad. also didn't want to go to that. You know what? I I didn't go. I missed it last year. And every year, uh, Denton food trucks are, are a huge culture around here. And every year they have this big food truck festival. It's a culture. Okay, it's not a big culture. It's a culture. It's like 11 trucks. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's still more than most places. That's man. fair. I saw a list of like 35 trucks. Um, uh, they're not all from Denton. 
Yeah, that's that's a good point. Oh, it's for other places that come to Denny. Yeah, like but actually, I, I mean, it's funny up. because I... Um, it's cool, though. I went to the food truck fest and, like, I actually went to the same truck I always go to anyway. So <laughs> I waited in a 30-minute line for them to tell me that the thing I wanted, was they were out of it, Dang. but I could Sounds still get right. something. I have a question. How long do you normally wait in the line for that favorite truck that you go to? Oh, man, five minutes. Okay. Why didn't so, you go to a different truck? Experience Because they were all huge lines. I was like, I might as well go with something I know and, like, oh, I heard, care, I heard, like, the, the, the vegetarian or, like, the healthy option truck there was, like, a three-minute wait. Oh, you're talking about, uh, <laughs> I forgot what it's called. It's got a pun name, of Yeah, I'll, I'll, they all do. Uh, oh, the lean machine. Yep, that's the, the lean one. Because I'm yeah. not going to go to a food truck to get, like, lettuce and carrots. I'm going to go to get, like, a waffle. Something so fried. A burger. Yeah. <laughs> Some <laughs> fried but, cheesecake. Yeah, no, but I get it. To be fair, it's, like, the... The lean machine stuff, it's it's food truck food, but with substitutions that are healthy. Yeah. Like, their quesadilla is made with mozzarella cheese. Oh. It's like fresh mozzarella, but it's still mozzarella cheese, and it kind of weirds me out. But I, I got a tofu banh mi from the Pickled Carrot, which is a Vietnamese food truck. I regret nothing. I would have mm-hmm. waited in an hour-long line and complained the whole time, just like I did last night. But... It was far superior to the Gilmore Girls bloodbath that uh, that it followed. And you guys are both on your phones, so I'm just going to well, I'm gonna wing it. I'm going to wing the rest uh, of the episode. I'm, I'm on here. call. Here, I am multitasking. You. Thank you. You're welcome. I was sending a Congratulations. message. I'm back. D- uh, don't congratulate me on being on call. No, you know. Oh, but I'm multitasking, yes. Thank too, you. Huh? Yeah. What? Because it's Friday. I yes, it's my, it's my, it's oh, my, I will Friday. be finished with power on calls after this weekend. Hey. Nice. Congratulations. Thank Silver you. Silver linings. I helped out someone, didn't realize they were back to back, but we're just going to push through it <laughs> and act like I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what have, what have you guys been up to? What's, uh, what's new in your life? Um, Alan, please. No, I really don't have an opportunity to be up to much. Um, when I leave work, I go home and study. Uh, and it's a great life. Because you are still in grad school. I'm still in grad school. I graduate December 18th. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Good Lord above. So if since, that's your thing. Since you're going to a school in the state of like a state of Texas school, and you work at a state of Texas school, do they do they help you out with anything in that, or did you already have help as a graduate assistant, like financial help? I mean. Um. Asking for no. a friend. No. Nothing. Uh, no. I mean. They give the stipend, yeah. but the package that they gave, unfortunately, did not include like a tuition waiver no. or... It's only if you uh, go to school at UNT, right? Right. Yes, uh, that is... And I didn't want to transfer specific. just in case credits got wonky, sure. so yeah, I just wanted to finish out last time. nine hours. Right. Makes sense. Might as well so, just get it done. Indeed. Just so, double masters. Right. <laughs> no. No. No, no, no. <laughs> Maybe no, no, someday. No. Right. No, Never. people no. are like, oh, so then you're going to go get your, your PhD or EDD. I was like, <laughs> you're funny. I the, love that education is held to such a high standard within our country. But at the same right. time, no. We've got the two permanent bachelors in this room right now, so we're good. There you go. We're, we're going to have a bachelor's party. Just... I'm just trying to collect experience rather than educational prowess because I feel that for me, experience yes. is going to allow me more opportunity within the workforce. Come on, Aaron. Say that. Yeah. High five. Get it. Yeah, write that on your resume. Ha 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 Okay. That's actually a really good idea. Thank you. That's a wonderful little yeah, Actually, it could be actually, like your objective at the yeah. time. Yeah. I'm going to one of... life to <laughs> adventure. Sorry, I didn't one mean to cut you off. No, I, I meant to cut you off, so don't apologize to oh. me. I'm just kidding. No. Okay. I'm in a bunch of music <laughs> business classes. Uh, I am. I study music here at uh, UNT. Number one. Um, but I'm, I'm in a bunch of music business classes, <laughs> and 
uh, I've been music entrepreneurship, and we had our class today, and we were talking about resumes and, like, what they should have, what they shouldn't have. And I, I, I get in a weird situation where it's, like, I have all this housing and leadership experience. Mm-hmm. That means zero to music people. They want, yes. like, what albums have you played on? What have you recorded? What Show us your DJ skills. Okay. Is that something? I don't that know. Might be a thing. I'm shooting in the dark. I know nothing about the music industry. Other than the fact that, uh, you know, CDs are out. Right. Yeah, that's true. Oxcords. CDs are out often. Yeah. Um, but although, like, those, like, unmeasurable, like, qualities would help, mm-hmm. if they see that on there, they're like, oh, well, maybe that's what you want to do. And it's like, no, it's not what I, I mean, I love, I love it, and I love doing it, but it's like, I want to do this, but I have these skills. Should talk to Faith about that. Yeah, you really should. Mm-hmm. She's very good at that. But those things make you like a better person. Like even though it doesn't might not mean a lot to like music people, like leadership and mm-hmm. housing and all those things, like it makes you like a more developed human being. That's true, and that's really great. And yeah. then, you know, you can still look for some some work. Well, yeah. Be a great person. Um, that's I'm trying, trying to be to supportive. <laughs> I really am. It sounds like I'm being really mean, but no, I, I want to be supportive of Greg. He's a wonderful human being. He is. Oh, thanks. What have you been up to, Aaron? Um, you know, just working late and and working hard for my haul. Work hard. For I mean, realistically, that's that's like I'm like Alan. I don't have schooling to do, but uh, work is pretty time consuming. I am excited for this weekend, despite the fact that I am on call. My mother is coming to visit. Aww. It's it's super cute. Um, but she's never like been up here since I think maybe I was a freshman. So <laughs> quite a bit of time ago. Yeah. She's like, um, what's that big glass building right there? Yeah. She'll be like, what's trees? that? And I'll be like, that's. That's something, isn't it? She's that like, used to oh, be okay. trees. She's like, oh, you guys have a new hall. I'm like, yes, it's Rollins. Um, it's fancy. Hey. Um, but realistically, she's she's. I think she's just curious as to where I'm living and like how I'm doing. Man, like, she should she should be on the show. Yeah, oh, uh, I don't. Session. She gets in tonight. I don't know what time because she won't oh. tell me. She's just gonna show up and be like, where Surprise. do I park? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> on the street, anywhere. Yeah, no, in it's, any. Yeah, it's weekend. Yeah, yeah weekend. I know. I know it's the weekend, but like, we have our parking on the street. Right next to college. Yeah. Oh, true. So I didn't. Yeah. yeah, I'm not just trying to like get rid of her. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited for that. And uh, yeah. Well, cool. Let's take a quick commercial break, and then we'll get back with our guest and the lovely antics of uh, your three co-hosts. All right, commercial time. Bye. Hey everyone, it's Greg. Uh, for those of you who don't know who I am, you know, maybe listen to an episode or two. For those of you who do know who I am. You guys know that there's nothing that I love more than dressing up and saving money. So when I can combine these two things, it's a real win-win for me, and I think it's going to be a win-win for you today. I am presenting TimeArt.com for all of you. Um, it is my first and only stop most of the time for ties. Uh, as you guys know, I love thrift stores, but you can't find good quality neckties, bow ties, suspenders at a thrift store. So... I go to timeart.com. I recently did this last week um, to get a new green tie. And these guys have everything. There, uh, if you buy it in bulk, you get it's anywhere from $1.95 to $3.75. They have uh, holiday ties. It's a really great business. The website is super easy to use. Uh, and I know you guys won't regret it. So head over right now to timeart.com. Just pause the episode, go to timeart.com, get whatever shopping you need. Skinny ties, bow ties, uh, scarves. They have everything you guys could possibly want uh, to look better than you do right now, you bum. 
Anyway, timeart.com. Let's get back to the show. And we're back. We've got a really special guest for you guys today here on ResCast. He is originally from Houston, Texas, just like Alan. And he is a doctoral student here at the University of North Texas studying psychology. Um, actually, his uh, housing experience, he's not involved with housing at the moment, but the previous uh, four years, five, four, whatever, yeah. yeah. He started out as a desk clerk and then was an RA for three years. Uh, one of my very good friends. He's got a lot of good information for us, uh, for us today to share with uh, us and all of you guys. It is the one, the only Ethan Lester. Hey guys. Yeah, there's probably more than one Ethan Lester, but definitely the only one at North Texas that I know of at this time. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to put like a one by your. Uh, no, your thank goodness. <laughs> See you later, Aaron. Um, Aaron's still on call still on for call. the second week in a row. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so like Greg said, I'm a current doctoral student for the clinical psychology program at North Texas. Uh, also, as he was saying, I did my first year at North Texas as a freshman, like everybody else does in their first year. Usually. Yeah. Usually, unless you're a non-traditional student or transfer, which I can also talk about that too, um, because I'm an advisor for the psychology department as well for undergrads. But uh, so I started out in housing as a front desk clerk, quickly got initiated into the whole housing game, really enjoyed what I was doing for my hall. And so long story short, I became an RA at Santa Fe Traditions, specifically the traditions part, um, for three years and loved every minute of it. Honestly, the best job I've ever had. Um, Not saying it's the best job I will ever have. I know for some people that's true. I hope it's not. No, I hope not either, because what I'm doing right now is pretty awesome too. So I'm enjoying that a lot. But yeah, so that's my housing career um and i just finished up in this past spring my first year in um my doctoral program so now i'm in my second year and that's a whole new bag of tricks everyone say goodbye to aaron aaron's leaving Uh, i apologize i have to go take care of some uh things but i'm sure y'all will have a wonderful conversation with ask me one question before you go um what is what are we specifically discussing currently in in this moment of time not overall ask him anything What's your favorite color? I actually had a transition. Really? Yeah, I transitioned from a generic um, boy blue. Sure. That all boys like blue. Yeah. And I found that my power color sat deep in my stomach. And huh. it took a while for me to get in touch with it. But it's actually, it's purple. Really? I really That's do a like good the, color. I really it's do like royal purple. color. And purple. then, of course, you know, go mean green. But let's yeah. be honest. You know, everybody yeah. still has a favorite color. Of course. And Ethan's wearing green on Fridays. Always. Even though no one's always. telling him to. Green always on Fridays. I was an RA for three years. So you, know the, you, know <laughs> you know the drill. You know the drill. It has the deal. been trained into me. <laughs> All right, Aaron. You're allowed, right. to, you're allowed to leave now. See you, Aaron. I appreciate y'all. See y'all later. I will deduct from your pay for the show. Oh, God. Yes. Yes. But of all oh. the questions he could have asked, favorite color. All the questions. Hey, but at least you have something to say about that. I, um, did. I did. And you're here today to talk about some issues with, with mental health, but also to touch on some topics that I went into on my positivity um, uh, presentation a couple weeks back. Um, so first, like, what what is your specialty in psychology? What are you really hunkering down studying? Well... That's really a good question because within psychology, there's so many different sub-disciplines. You can go into educational psychology, uh, human factors, and even uh, private sector psychology where you're studying the better ways of which businesses can make money. 
Um, my specific area of interest is clinical psychology, and that sounds pretty cut and dry. Sounds like I'm wearing a lab coat and I'm taking people's blood. Totally not the case. What my main area of interest is right now is um, mindfulness, meditation, okay. um, contemplative and consciousness, um, learning and memory, language and cognition, and the list keeps going, but um, it, it really all stems from a philosophy of science called functional contextualism. Functional which, contextualism. Which, before anybody just turns this thing off and thinks I'm just going to keep talking, just think about this for a second. You're, you're here in the TED Radio Hour. <laughs> so think, yeah, so think about this for a second. So you have a baby, and they're crying in a grocery store, gotcha. right? Gotcha. Mm -hmm. If that's the only description of what's going on, you've satisfied a behavioral approach to psychology. You've identified the behavior, and if you want to go further with it, you could identify the antecedents and the consequences of that behavior. So maybe the antecedent to that behavior was that the baby... Did I say baby or toddler? Baby. baby. Crap. All right. Well, the baby's crying. Um, maybe the antecedent is that it hasn't eaten in six hours. Um, and the consequence to that behavior is now the mother feeds the baby, setting up a schedule of reinforcement that for every time the baby cries, um, the mother will feed him, and the baby learns that, right? Mm -hmm. Call me Dr. Greg now. Talk now I know Greg. that. Okay. But now when you take into account function of this behavior, which we kind of just did, the crying served a function. We also have to consider the context, the certain situations, the certain environmental contingencies which contribute to that behavior. So mm -hmm. maybe the baby only cries when mom is home. Maybe mm -hmm. the baby doesn't cry when dad's home. Maybe the baby only cries when the lights are off. Um, and so what functional contextualism allows us to do is really kind of explain human behavior, not from a perspective of descriptive analysis, but more of from a functional contextual approach. So... Um, with that being said, I mean, that's more of my area of study more broadly, but right now I'm really kind of interested in um, a whole bunch of different things. So, Okay, um, and Wonderful. usually what we like to do with this show, and you might be able to help even more since you have your expertise in one field, but experience in our field, what, what should housing and residence life professionals know about mental health, know about these psychological things that are happening subconsciously or unconsciously um, to better, I mean, to better perform at our jobs, to better assist the communities that we live and work in? Well, you know, I think that's a great question. And to be completely honest with you, I learned more about psychology and how humans think, not so much from my graduate program as I did from being a resident assistant for three years. <laughs> I like to joke when I was on a, on my uh, interviews for grad school and, you know, they say, well, what's your clinical experience? And I would say, well, and this is, <laughs> this is probably not terribly appropriate because I wouldn't say it directly in this way, but I would say, well, I was around 50 people um, on a wing who had all kinds of emotional difficulties. Um, they were going through transitions and adjustments and to be a little more brash, basically, I was saying that I lived on a psychiatric unit for uh, three years where I dealed with all kinds of issues. Um, you know, suicide attempts, um, you know, just everyday difficulties with college and, you know, adjusting, leaving home for the first time. So to answer your question, really, I think the most important thing to remember as a resident life assistant or advisor sure. um, is that you're you don't have to be the professional. There is no role to fulfill is that you're already there 
and all it really takes is being that person for the other person. Um, you don't have to, you know, guidelines will tell you to follow certain rules and, um, you know, there's a certain protocol. You'll still have the flip chart, right? The handy dandy. Yeah, flip it's chart. actually, uh, we've actually transitioned to online. So oh. everything's online. So <laughs> no more little we're doing, baby binders. Yeah, we were doing. Um, Do you all have iPads now? Or? No. Oh, no. So if you don't have a smartphone, step. you're basically not getting a job with housing, right? Is that <laughs> what I'm I don't know if it, I don't know if that's uh, on the application, but oh, okay. I do know that we're, they're doing like the, the simulations of right. scenarios. And I was acting as the resident, and these kids would, not kids, they're adults, but they'd pull out their, if you like kids, but they they pull out their phone, and, you know, I latch onto that immediately, because I already know that they shouldn't really be looking at their phone, but I'm like, where are they getting your phone and not paying attention to me, blah, 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 right, right. and um, they're like, oh, the, the flip chart's on here, <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's not, I know it's uh, not, and they're like, no, they're like, no, no, like, it, no is. Really. <laughs> really, it really, really is now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that flip chart is wonderful, and don't deviate from it because, to be quite <laughs> honest, you'll probably lose your job. Um, and if you want to keep your job, then my recommendation for RLAs really is just understanding that when a when a student is in distress or a student is just going through everyday changes, there isn't going to be a whole lot written in that book that teaches you how to be with that individual at that time. Um, and so, just understanding the importance of being a person for that person in a time of need is probably the most crucial thing um, I think that an RLA can do to um, help their residents. So sounds kind of like a backwards answer a little bit, like, you know, just be yourself. But I mean, if you think about it, you guys all got hired to be yourself with these people. Sure, so yeah. use your skill that you have. Trust yourself. Know that you don't have to be a psychologist. You don't have to be a professional to be a person. So, so how, how far do you think that could go that you take it as, like, if I'm a non-expert mm -hmm. but am forced and thrust into these almost expert fields, like, where you actually are able to study these people or study their actions or at least know what their actions are, maybe not be able to protect, predict their next move, but where, where, does, where does where the threshold between amateur housing things and, and psychological things yeah, uh, I mean, it's a fine line you walk because then you're talking about, um, you know, you're not just talking about working with a person, you're now talking about liabilities and who's in charge and, you know, chain of command. Um, and so my second thing to being a person is understanding that a person has limitations and that there's only so much you can be for that one person at that time and knowing as an RLA that you're not just a person, but you're also a resource for that person. So knowing when to walk them over to CTS, Counseling and Testing Services on campus, we offer that. Um, knowing when to recommend therapy or knowing that maybe they might be at true danger to themselves or to others, or maybe just understanding that maybe you're not the right person for them to talk to. I remember at one time there was a resident who was dealing with some distress around her boyfriend, and the last person she wanted to talk to was another male. She didn't want a male's yeah. perspective on her issues. And so knowing that boundary, I took a step back and grabbed one of the female RAs and they talked it out and everything worked out just fine. So um, knowing that you're a person also means knowing that you have limitations. So, so yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then you also wanted to kind of touch on some things. Uh, for those of you who haven't listened to uh, my presentation on positivity, um, it's something I've, I've done for a while, and I, I am looking actively for clarification on some things that I'm not an expert on. Like I said, I read a book, 
and represented the information. Reading a book is a good place to start, I'd say. Reading, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, it was an audio book. Oh, so I, you I didn't, didn't use your eyeballs for reading? I did not use my eyeballs. Okay. My eyeballs are only for sleeping. <laughs> uh, sleeping and putting <laughs> How do you see? In. You know. <laughs> With your eyes closed, I guess. I dream. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, maybe, maybe if you wanted to ask me some questions or if you remember the things yeah. uh, that, that you wanted to... to touch on yeah well i mean one of the main reasons i came on this show is um you know one to one correct thing, me well to correct greg of course yeah <laughs> totally wrong about everything no i um you know i i'd started listening to this show um kind of maybe a couple of weeks after well, it had come out um, because greg's one of my close friends but when i got on to this one where it was just greg um i like to listen to my podcast while working out but this one actually had me kind of stop in my tracks and really just listen because um even though i knew all this stuff about my friend um, you know, it gives you a new perspective being in the field um, and studying this kind of stuff is that, um, you know, I was at the gym and I had my podcast all plugged in and luckily I was in shorts that allowed me to stop working out and go just sit in the hot tub for half an hour, which I would not recommend. That's not yeah, healthy. I, I went in there with bare feet oh. this summer and uh, ended up getting a foot surgery. Oh, so okay. I wouldn't recommend it. In the hot tub? No, I went to the pool. Oh, but man. so, I don't know. I didn't properly protect my feet, I guess, or something. Well, Greg grew a new toe for somehow. Yeah. It's, it's, no, you remember. I was on crutches and stuff. Oh, that's yeah. right. Oh, no, gee whiz. Well, anyway. Well, you saw me in a boot. You never saw me in the crutches. I didn't see you on the crutches, but I could only imagine that you looked like yourself it was on hilarious. crutches. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> uh, No, uh, so I, I stopped what I was doing at the gym, and I went to the hot tub and sat there for a little bit and um, just kind of listened to you tell your story and... Um, I thought the whole, you know, the whole theme um, and kind of the the, the idea behind uh, your podcast that time and talking about how we make up these words, um, psychology has been doing that for decades. Sure. Literally since the start of psychology. I mean, you look at the research. I'm teaching a class right now um, called History and Systems of Psychology, which is basically what it sounds like, the history of psychology and the beginnings the word psychology comes from a Greek derivation of psyche, which is talking about the mind, and ology, the study of. So it's the study of human behavior, the study of the mind. Psychology makes up words all the time. Um, and it's how our field grows because we're able to define new things and new ways um, and kind of not so much regurgitating, but actually um, synthesizing ideas. Mm-hmm. So as I was just listening, gurgitating them. just gurgitating so the, the original gurgitation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically we're like mother birds that are just shooting out new definitions of things into the very beautiful analogy. children of, okay. of the world, of the world of the little baby birds. We're just anyway. So, um, that's another thing I've learned is metaphors and analogies. People think in metaphors and analogies. I don't know if you know that, but, um, we could, we could talk all day about that. Anyway, so I'm listening to your talk, and I'm hearing you talk about these words that are somewhat created, and it just got me thinking, you know, you're tapping into a lot of areas of psychology um, that are actually being reconsidered, rediscovered, and discovered, um, and they're kind of hot topics. So positivity, for example, um, you said was a made-up word in some ways, a, I don't think it's it's what people define it as. I don't. People see it as 100% happy and the inability to feel anything other than positive mm. emotions. So like, it's the lack of negativity in someone's mm. life is okay. positivity. And I, 
I disagree with that. You disagree yeah. with that. Me as well. and my friend Barbara Fredrickson, Doctor <laughs> Barbara Fredrickson, <laughs> Dr. B. disagree. Oh wait, F, Doctor Doctor B F B F Skinner. He's a he was a behaviorist. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I'm letting my psychology take over. Um, <laughs> Your psychology teaching. Blah. Um, we haven't even gotten to that lecture yet. So this idea of positivity and what you're getting at is kind of like a, a common conception or what I feel might be a misconception of what positivity means. You know, um, at the end of the day, I like to, you know, my lab studies human suffering. I mean, that's what we look at. We look at the ways in which people suffer and ways in which we can alleviate that suffering. Um, and whether that's through psychotherapy or connecting with body and mind or, you know, just becoming more aware that, you know, other people feel these things too, like self-compassion. Um, when you're talking about positivity um, and you're defining it in that way, um, I could absolutely see the misconception that positivity means not feeling negativity, not feeling sad. And the reality is, is that emotions don't really work that way. Um, and there's a lot of research to show, um, not just subjectively, but objectively as well that emotions can occur simultaneously. And not only do they occur simultaneously, but they're not mutually exclusive. So in my lab, we like to deem oh. this idea as double dip feelings. Double dip, so I can be happy sad. You could be happy sad, or whatever the word you would like to make up. Mm -hmm. Sappy. 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 <laughs> I could be sappy. You could become a tree and just be sappy for the rest I of your life. I could be hangry. Hangry, Ooh, that's the thing. which I'm getting there right I'm now. Getting yeah, too. This episode brought to you by. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who's going to be the sponsor of this. Someone, we're, somewhere we're eating after this, maybe. Um, but so our lab studies this, and it's evident in everybody's life. You know, we um, we could see it with the saddest moment in somebody's life, like the death of a loved one, where you are absolutely devastated, just torn to pieces, and and there's a big and there, and it's not a but because but would mean it's exclusive. Mm -hmm. um, and you're also relieved that that person isn't suffering anymore. Um, the same thing with happiness and sadness. You could be happy in one domain of your life and still be feeling that sadness in another domain. Um, and so your, your idea of positivity, I mean, really, when I was listening to it, it was just spot on. I mean, it's not that you're... Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that you're not feeling, you know, sad. It's that you're able to be there in that moment where you're happy, where you're living, where you're having vitality and meaning and not at the expense of the other emotions too. So interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. And we I mean we deal with this stuff on a daily basis with people who are going through so much change. Mm -hmm. Um either being um in at a new place with a new environment with new people, everything like that, or even being here continuously and they come back like Aaron works at an upperclassman. Mm -hmm. Uh, residence hall and he deals with people who are sustaining this life of college and acad academia and while living in a place with so many other people how do we tell them that like how do we transfer these like this knowledge these words to them would you say you know it, it's really it's a it's an interesting question you ask because really we're we're asking how do we teach people the skills how do we basically learn these people. How do we get them to learn? Um, and that involves teaching, right? And so um, I think what, what it's going to take is uh, people understanding that it's not so simple, um, you know, and, and people are complex, in fact, and arguably we're the most complex things that 
have ever existed. Um, and I think it's going to take uh, a real societal cultural shift. I think it's going to it's going to one coming from a behavioral standpoint. It's going to take some true modeling, which modeling is just showing people through your actions how to behave. Um, and we, we do that naturally through social learning. You can look at Bandura's theory of um, social learning. Um, but it's going to take RLAs, it's going to take hall directors, it's going to take law enforcement, it's going to take politicians and psychologists. It's going to take a lot of modeling um, that mental health and mental struggles and you know suffering is a real thing. Um, so it's really going to take a paradigm shift. And I think the way that we can do that is by showing emotion, by expressing it, and by, by being open to the conversation. Um, and if you as an RLA um, or an HD or whoever is listening can model those skills to those people, um, I think that's how we're going to make some changes. And in the meantime, uh, how do we, if someone's listening right now and they're in a tough place, uh, because even, even as RLAs, even any human would feel, may, may feel out of place at any moment, like me in the middle of my sentences. Um, what do we tell those people? What, before we have those models of mental health and behavioral change, like what do we what do we say to them? Well, you know, <laughs> I feel like I'm prefacing all these with, well, that's a great question. I think that's more of the as job, so. aspiring <laughs> therapist in me is wanting to show this unconditional positive regard. And, um, but really, that is a good question because the models don't just necessarily happen spontaneously. And we can't just wait around for society and, and, and ideology to change, I think what we need to tell people um, and what people need to understand in their core of who they are is that they're not broken, is that they're not depression, they're not anxiety, they're not depressed, mm, they're okay. not anxious. They might be having those feelings, um, but people, people have everything that they need within them. And if, people, if we can change the idea that there's something out there that'll fix them, and it's more about something in here that you just need to get in He's touch with. He's pointing at his chest. I, yeah, it's my chest, my un, <laughs> undeveloped... Uh, something <laughs> in here in the world of podcasts. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's inside of you already. You know, uh, our lab also has something where you're talking about the person as being whole, complete, and perfect. Um, and it sounds a little cheesy if you hear it out of context, but when you're working with somebody who truly thinks they're broken, tr you know, somebody who truly thinks that they're not worth loving or that they're unlovable. Um, instilling this inside of this person can be extremely powerful. And getting to that point, you know, it just, it's, it's part of, it's part of, part of a paradigm shift. You need to stop looking at mental health as a disorder and start looking at it as just a way of expressing your human suffering that we all have. Sure. Um, and one thing we like to do on the show, uh, since we got to wrap up pretty soon, yeah. uh, we like to do a too long didn't read segment where we can condense all this stuff down we've talked about into like one or two brief sentences, um, just in case anyone's just skipping to the end of an episode, uh, that you would want. You <laughs> Shame would want. on you if you are. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask like one question? Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah, please. Okay. Right, yeah. I know we've been. You got to butt in. She's okay. learning, so you got to butt in. And, and I, I want you to know, too. I've totally been looking at her while I've been talking, so <laughs> yeah. I've, I'm sharing this conversation. Okay. Thank you. Uh -huh. I know a lot of our uh, uh, questions have been like housing-centered. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of um, interested in like your 
educational and life journey? Because like I told you, I wanted to ask you how you ended up being a PhD student at the tender age of 23, as well as um, the path that you see for yourself with the current research interests that you have. Right. Well, tender makes me sound undercooked. And let me tell you, I've been... (laughs) Baking, baking in the academic sun for a little while here. Um, <laughs> I like that. Analogy. Yeah. Look at your uh, analogy. Well, right? I'll tell you what. I'm point. just on fire. <laughs> Get it. Baking. <laughs> uh, but listen, so I didn't know what I wanted to do before I got to college. I thought I wanted to be a mechanic. I thought I wanted to be a masseuse. I thought I wanted to be a cook. And I not so much the masseuse anymore. I don't like touching people very much. Mm. Um, and not only that, I'd get in tons of trouble with my clients if I did that. Um, <laughs> but but I found a common theme throughout that that journey is that I wanted the opportunity to do things for others, and I wanted the opportunity to teach. Um, and so that has carried into a lifelong. This sounds pretty cliche, but a lifelong journey of learning. Um, but even more specifically, um, to be more uh, specific, um, <laughs> uh, you know, incorporating parts of this job that include teaching, um, that include learning, and that include helping others. So anything in my future career that involves those things, I would love to do. I guess right now where I see myself in five years after I'm done with my PhD program and I've done my internship is maybe working at a university um, as maybe a faculty professor. Um, and what that would allow me to do is <clears throat> do. I'm just to see that's the tender <laughs> age of 23. I'll, I'll edit it in, but do. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just edit all well, of this. Well, that allow out. me to do. <laughs> do. Uh, see, I'm still, I'm still baking. Um, there you go. So, I, you know, being at, a, at an institution where I could do all those things, where I can teach, I could do research, I could supervise future psychologists, um, and where I can also continue to grow as a person myself, you know, working with other people who need the help that they need. So that's probably where I see myself. I see hospital setting too. That's, um, you know, another place where psychologists like to be, um, or private practice. I, I haven't really decided yet, but, um, I'm enjoying it. I'm learning a whole lot. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Awesome. So. Thank you. So I'm just going to Google Ethan Lester psychologist slash masseuse <laughs> to see what oh, kind of God. can you cook are you a good cook i i actually can cook can very cook, well yeah yeah, yeah see um slash I, i'm cook. totally wifey material I think. <laughs> <laughs> or other than you being in school forever right but instead of uh, yeah besides me being a full-time student for the rest of my life um no i guess so greg you were saying yeah, yeah wrap it up yeah. wrap it up what do you got what do you got for us so as a RLA or a professional within the field of housing, mm-hmm. I would say, um, you have, I wouldn't call it an obligation because an obligation makes it sound like you have to do it. And no one likes to do things that they have to do. But it is a responsibility of yours to look out and look after those people who you care about. And I think not just as you know, RLAs or housing workers, but as people. And so connecting people with the right resources um, this is going to be very UNT specific, but uh, knowing that the Department of Psychology uh, has mental health services, not just for therapy, um, but also for assessment. So if you're struggling in your classes, you think you might have ADHD or a learning disorder, um, you know, just give our clinic a call. We have student clinicians who... Do you uh, have a phone number? Yeah, yeah. It's a 940-565-2631. Okay. So they might do a replay of me saying that again, but... Um, no. Yeah, we have, <laughs> or that you only get one chance yeah, to. Yeah, that was your one not, shot. Yeah, um, 2631 is the extension. But we have student clinicians that are just 
incredibly willing to work with those who need the help. Um, and what we do is we do a full battery of assessment, um, but also too, you know, know as a UNT student, you also have access, as Greg has said before in his last episode, to 10 free counseling sessions at the Counseling and Testing oh, it's Center. 10. I thought it was eight. I thought it was eight. It might be eight. I might have lied. <laughs> um, I mean, if, if I was like, oh, they upped the number. <laughs> right. I'm going back to there right here, right now. <laughs> right now. See you. <laughs> uh, you know, check that out. It might be eight. It might be 10. All my work is through um, Terrell Hall, but uh, this is at Chestnut Hall, and their number is 940-565-2741. And there you can get all kinds of services, everything from therapy to vocational counseling and testing. Um, if you're not sure what you want to do with the rest of your life or your degree, uh, that building just overall is a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. And if I were to do one shout out, I have so many, but you can do some shout outs. Well, one of the shout outs I would do would be to. You're jo- doing it right now. I know. It's not a, it's not a <laughs> shout, potential out. shout out anymore. Shout out. Um, her name is Joyce Livingston, mm-hmm. and she is the no, masseuse <laughs> at um, at. The Meadow Center in Chestnut Hall. Is that the technical term, masseuse? She's a masseuse or a masseusa. I, don't I thought it was like a massage ah. therapist. Yes, I guess she would be a massage therapist. A masseuse sounds like an Egyptian god, um, which she could very well be. Um, she's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we got to look up the mythology um, on that one. She's, I didn't yeah. know we had massage therapists. Yeah, it's um, a nice deal too. She, for an hour, she will work out all your stress in your body, um, and she's just absolutely wonderful. Do you know how much it is for an hour? It is $40 an hour, okay. which is half as much as you'd pay. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and she's just very intuitive, very sweet. How nice is the music when you go? Uh, like, you know, it's the uh, same track, but I have not gotten ooh, tired see, of it. See, that would put more tension on that. Because <laughs> if I, if I, I knew it was the same track. Doctor's offices do that yeah. all the time. Yeah. They play Beethoven's 7th uh-huh. Symphony because it came with Windows XP. <laughs> I know that, and they play it, just loop it. For the people like, who don't know Beethoven's Seventh, go ahead and just give us a little bit of it. Can't. It's not the... Dun, 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 dun. No, 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 no. Who's but that? sometimes that sound thinks... Uh, that sounds a little more uh, a little more high Baroque. No, and then my, my, my last shout-outs would go to my psychology department um, for all the hard work that they do, not just for their students, but for the community as well. And, um, yeah, the housing department. I've learned everything that um, I could possibly want to know um, about people from being a part of, you know, housing. So thanks for that, too. So And thanks for you for being on the show. Thanks yes, for Alin thank and uh, formerly Aaron uh, for co-hosting <laughs> with me today. Yeah. Uh, I think I learned, I learned some stuff, especially about my presentation, which I'm actually presenting tomorrow and okay. hopefully in a couple weeks. Uh, in College Station. Oh, man. We'll see about that I feel on bad about you going there, but, you know. You know, got to do what the job tells me. Oh, no, we're going, no, both, two a, of us are going to, nice to Swakur, the Southwest Affiliate College yeah. of College and University Residence Halls uh, Conference. We're actually going to, I'm trying to take the show on the road, bring some portable microphones. So. Excellent. Good. We'll oh, really? Yeah. To Swakur? Yeah. That'd Dude, be fun. Just, if you can't do that, just get some of that background kind of chatting noise that sounds like you're somewhere, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, and back to Back to the, what is that radio? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and back to the battle. Back to the battle. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know, anytime you want me on the show, I'll be your psychology in well, psychologist in training. 
Um, <laughs> uh, you know, anytime you want me to come back in and talk about special Listen, issues. man, I pretend to be an expert on everything every episode. If you want to pretend on one episode to be an expert, I do. <laughs> um, no, but, you know, just happy to be here, and I really appreciate the invite. So. Yeah, and some more shout-outs. Thanks to our producer, Kara Salazar, who also couldn't be here today, um, out of town, uh, tending to some things. Uh, thanks to Hannah Martin for running our social media. We should have a Facebook uh, page up soon so you can like it. And um, that's all we've got. Uh, but we will be back next week with a, not a, I was about to say a better show. No. No, just another great show. Uh, uh, Knocking them out ouch. week after week. I'll be great back show. next week, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Goodbye. All right.